0: Nobody asked. I'm Megan Keveney. Listen, I've never been that much of a Justin Bieber. Like I've never been a big believer except the what do you mean album fucking smacked like sorry. I think sorry was on that album. That is one of my top five ramp up songs of all time. Like whenever my best friend and I used to live together and I was like I don't I don't really want to go to that brunch. I don't want to go out like I kind of want to just like chill excuse me, I just burped nasty. He would like turn on sorry by Justin Bieber. And I would literally poke my head out of my room. Like, all right, bitch, what am I wearing? Like that song gets me so ramped up still to this day. It is. uh, Oh my God. I just imagined it playing in my head. But other than that, I've never been a huge believer, but his new album is kind of fire. That Peaches song annoys me a little bit but just because it's on everyone's fucking Instagram story but the song off my face is a ballady bop like I really well ballady bop doesn't make sense but it's a it's a vibe I sent it to one of my friends I was like yo this is this song smacks and I meant like it just is a vibe like it's cool and he's like okay um I thought this was gonna be like a banger and it wasn't so I need to prepare myself and revisit this in a couple days I was like okay fair so I don't know if you, if you don't find yourself typically being a Justin Bieber fan, give the album like a breeze or so. Cause it's, it's pretty good. Um, something else I've been listening to that. And then I've been rewatching the girls next door. That show that used to be on E when we were like in high school because Holly Madison is on call her daddy this week. And wow, that brought me back. I used to love watching that show that in like Carmen Electra or something had like a show on E or VH1 or something. And I remember I would watch it in my game room and my parents started to say, like, you can't watch this. This is you're not allowed to watch these shows. But I was like, I would always try and sneak watch them because I was like, A, I just liked the Girls Next Door show. I, I liked it. But also in hindsight, I'm realizing like I was attracted to women. And I was just like, wow, like I really these shows I, I like these shows a lot. I don't I don't know why. <laughs> um So that episode came out today. Uh, I I expect it to be actually quite juicy based on the teaser that she gave for it. So I'm going to listen to that after this, I think. Um, Listen, if you listen to this podcast and you love this podcast, someone you know will probably also love it. So spread the word, rate this podcast, uh, give it some stars, write a review for this podcast, subscribe to it, you know, things like that. Let's get it kind of percolating. All right. Um, quick thing that happened the other day I was getting drinks with a friend Monday night and we were sitting outside and he's like oh my god don't turn abruptly but look at this couple they're so hot and I of course accidentally turned very abruptly (laughs) and I was like oh wow shit they're hot as fuck and then as soon as I turned around and was like that we continued chatting like the girl literally was like like I don't see that bitch staring at me and I was like fuck and he's like she's talking about you be cool be cool be cool do not look I was like "Mm." so like the next time you think someone's talking shit about you they might not be they might literally be like damn that girl's hot as fuck um just a little reminder because I I really got like so nervous when that happened I was like oh geez I did turn around so quickly I I see why she thinks that but you know you never know why someone's turning around to look at you maybe they're talking shit maybe they're like damn that bitch is fine as fuck um today we're going to talk about something, um, How, what to do if your crush asks to be connected to your friend or hooked up with your friend. I feel like that's a scenario that can be a bummer, but it happens. And there are certain ways to work through it. Okay, so I have two examples for this. One is a friend of mine. Okay, so whenever on Behem round two, I talked about how I'm attracted to guys with big elbows and I've never, all my friends are always like, what, what are you talking about? And I posted a picture of my friend with like his face you know, covered and things like that. But I was like, this is what I mean by big elbows. One of my guy friends was like, okay, so you like guys with big forearms is what you're trying to say. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah sure, sure. And he's like, okay, you like guys with big forearms and biceps. That's like saying you like pizza. I was like, okay, but it really is about the forearms for me. I don't know why it just is so hot. Um, so that was a picture that I put on my Instagram story. It's on like the references highlights tab. And he's a friend of mine who, when we first met, we, I think we met because he was on my friend's Instagram story. We had all just moved to Chicago, excuse me, Chicago within like a week of each other. And I was like, oh my God, who's the guy with the mustache? He's hot as fuck. And we ended up having like, we only went on like one date, I think, but we had like a lot of like chemistry and we would all hang out together. And it's like, he and I have hooked up. And we've also had a menage a trois. But like things like we really are just friends. It was just a lot of chemistry in the beginning that just fizzled. But so because of our history together, he'll always be like, um, oh, my God, like, who's this girl? Because I used to work at a club and all the girls I worked with would always be super hot. And he'd be like, oh, my God, like, hook me up with her. And I'm like, yeah, I'm happy to do that. But it's shady of me if I don't tell them, hey, you should hook up like or you should meet my friend, um, like go on a date with my friend or do, you know, go out with him or something. But like also you should know we've hooked up and this and that and things like like I, don't, I was trying to tell him I was like, I mean, yeah, but it's shady if I don't say something. He was like, why? Why is that? He's he's like, I feel like there's more to our friendship than that. And I was like, no, like there is. But. I can't like tell them two months into y'all dating like, oh, by the way, he and I have fucked. <laughs> so I always told them I was like, yeah, I mean, I will set you up with people, but I'm going to disclose and like cover my trail and <laughs> cover my ass and tell them, hey, here's our history. But, you know, go out with him or whatever if you want. <laughs> and the Girls would always like, OK, girls would always be like, uh, OK, like, hmm. And then this other guy, so this is different because I had a crush on this guy. I've only, I met him in a kind of a weird way because last, or in the beginning of the pandemic, he and I recorded a podcast together. It actually like never aired. And it, I probably, I want to air it one day because it's funny, but it was um just forever ago. And so we had met virtually and I had a crush on him and I was like, he was like, well, you should like come over or something. And I think that I was like, oh, mm, I don't know. And like, it just kind of fizzled, like it didn't, nothing came of it. But then we would chat and like see each other around. And he was like, yo, like this girl, how do you know her? Blah, blah, blah. She's so hot. Can you, can you put me on? And I was like, ah, dang it. (laughs) I was like, I mean, yeah, she's a cool bitch. Like I really like her. Um, and so I decided in that situation where I actually had a crush on the person, I was like, okay, that's a bummer. Cause I wanted to, um, try and like see if something happened with us, but obviously it hasn't i have known him for months. Like if things were going to happen between us, it probably maybe already would have happened. Maybe not. And so I decided to reach out and I was like, Hey, this guy's really cool. He kind of asked about you like blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Oh my God. Like I noticed him too. He's so hot, blah. So I ended up like hooking them up. And I don't think it worked out, but cause I remember that was like, nine months ago it was a while ago and I remember I would I would kind of ask them about it like hey like how's it going blah blah and they both were like kind of touch and go about it and like the other day he and I were texting about or we were DMing about something and I was like wait is there a vibe here because I know they're not seeing each other I think she's seeing someone new that's the thing I was like if something happens between him and I I think it would be like way later and now like it depends on how serious they get because like she and I are cool I wouldn't say we're close but I also feel like we're at the age now I'm 29 and it's like I've hooked up with guys or dated guys that my friends have hooked up with or not dated but like talked to like but it depends on each situation like I remember there was this one guy who he's so hot and I met him at my friend's birthday and she's like no no he's mine I was like all right go on get yours girl and then like two years later again my friend was in a relationship at that point a very serious relationship so I was like hey I'm gonna see what's his face tonight like if something goes down is that like cool with you and she was like oh yeah you're good same thing with another guy actually like me and my friends have recycled guys a couple times (laughs) but it always I think the key thing is if the person who got to them first is in a serious relationship and you can be like hey you guys are obviously not going to swing back around to that right like is it cool if I hang out with them and it's rare like they have to be you know like it has to be worth the possible like oh what the fuck why, why would you ask me that like like the one that I asked about the second guy <clears throat> I met him we used to live in the same building <clears throat> and me and my Tyler my best friend and I we used to live together at the time and our elevators were broken and we were all standing in line. There's like 20 of us standing in line waiting to get in. And we had Tyler's dog with us and the guy right in front of us. I had seen him moving in like a week prior. And I was like, Oh my God, bitch, there's this hot guy moving into our building. And he was standing right in front of us and he turned around and was petting Riker. And we were chatting with him. And like, as soon as we got in the elevator and went to our place, I was like, bitch, that guy, that's the guy I was telling you about. He was hot as fuck. He was like, did you see his bulge in his sweatpants? I was like, girl, yes, I did. So, he ended up meeting our friend first or wait, he had met our f- good friend through another friend like a week prior and they were hooking up and I was like, dang it. I'm so bummed she got to him first. And so I was like, okay, whatever. We're like friends. But then a year later she was off in a very serious relationship and he and I were kind of like hanging out and I was like, Hey, is it cool if something happens between, I was like drunk in Europe, literally. And he and I and would like Snapchat each other. And I was like, Hey, I want you to know I feel something escalating with that guy. Is that, like, cool with you? She's like, oh, my God, please. It's so great. Go for it. Blah. Like, so um, I did. And so I feel like there's really an art to this, like, feeling out history with people. And then, like, the guy I was talking about before that I have had a crush on, I felt the other day, like, there was maybe a vibe or something. Like, maybe – he was kind of like, hey, girl, eh, like, and I was like, okay, like, mm, I'm okay with that. And I was like, I'm pretty sure the girl I set him up with, like, she's in a new relationship. And I was like, okay, you know, kind of want to keep things open this summer and see if I see him and see what happens. Um, so it's a complicated thing. I would say if someone you're crushing on asks to be hooked up with one of your friends, A, if you and the guy have kind of a thing and he's asking about your friends, I think that's kind of shady. Like, if you're talking to a guy – And like in like the talking phase or whatever. And he's like, then he starts to kind of, you know, back away by being like, oh, what about your friend? Like, that's like fuck boy shady. But this guy had no idea how to crush on him. And so I was like, oh, whatever. Um, But it did like bum me out. I was like, "Mm, I wanted him instead. (laughs) But, you know, I felt like, okay, I'd rather be like the one to hook it up um, because I don't know, at that point, I'm like, well, You know, if we are just friends, I want to be a good friend. (laughs) I want to hook him up with my hot bitches. (laughs) And then with guys you just have history with, I I always am a fan of, like, disclose it. You will look so shady months down the line if you don't say, hey, it was years ago. Oh, my alarm's going off. It was years ago, but just so you know, we hooked up. Like, I, I think if you try and hide that shit, it just... Say they found out a year in, they were like drunk. or like, "Oh yeah, Megan and I fucked," and they'd be like, "Whoa, what?" Like, you never know what's gonna come out. I think honesty is always the best policy. Just like, I mean, this is not similar at all, but I'm like, I always think you should just, you know, get it out, let them know. Same thing with whenever I run into someone I know, and if I don't want to say hi to them, or I'm like, "Oh god!" Like if I like roll my eyes at who I'm running into, not like a be. I guess this makes me a little fake, but. I'd always rather just say hello. I don't, I'm not super like, Oh my God. Hey girl. But like, even if it's someone I don't crazy care for, but I, we know each other. I'll always be like, Hey, what's up? Like, how are you? Um, I just think that not saying hi, if you're both in a small store and you're like, okay, I feel we can feel sense that we both see each other. I think that is so uncomfortable to just not say anything at all. Like you don't have to be like, let's get lunch sister. But like, I always am a fan of like just ripping the bandit off like there's this girl who I used to work with at one of the clubs and she was I could tell she saw something in me that she hated about herself like and I reflected that it she was so mean to me all the time and like I remember the last time I saw her I was like it was I could have really easily acted like I didn't see her but I walked up and I was just like, hey, how are you? Like, how was your wedding? Um, you know, you look beautiful, blah. I, I meant that. It wasn't being. she was gorgeous. And I was like, you know, hope you're doing OK, whatever. And like, I think she was kind of shook that I went up and just said hi. Because I was like, whatever. Like, it's so such tension to be like, I'm not going to say hi. So same, same, but totally different. <laughs> I always say, be the person to say hi. Be the person who discloses a situation. That's my policy. I don't know about anyone else ultimate advice on the question of history with hookups feel each situation out your gut and intuition will kind of tell you hey I actually kind of like this guy maybe I'm not going to set him up with my friend maybe I will take that opportunity to be like hey I kind of actually think you and I should be a thing like that would be I didn't have enough gra- ground to stand on in that situation, but I feel like I would do that if I was like, la- I remember one time actually like years ago I was at a bar with my friends and we were with this group of guys and this one guy was so fucking hot and him and I were like, um, we bonded, we like clicked right away and I was like, we should set your friend up with my friend. And he was like, Oh yeah. And so we kept trying to set like our group of friends up. I was like, okay now what about them? I think that they would be like hot together. And he was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think so too. And so we were like the whole night we were like working around each other and being like, okay, let's get them to talk. And then like towards the end of the night, he pulled me in by my belt loop and he's like, I think you and I should be together. And we made out in the middle of the bar and it was fucking hot. And uh, I wonder what happened to him. Actually. I haven't thought about him in a minute, but so fun. That's like actually that. I think I made that a move of mine. Like, For the year or two following that is like when you like whenever I would go up to a group of guys like if we would be interacting with a group of guys the one that I'd be attracted to I would try and like kind of buddy up to them and that was a move like hey I think that your friend and my friend should like let's like be matchmakers together and like I think that worked a couple times if I'm being totally honest oh my god that was like when I was 22 had just moved to Uptown Dallas and was living my life well it was one of my favorite phases of my life was right around then. So, feel each situation out. But, you know, I think that if you really like a guy and he's trying to be set up with your friends, you might have to weigh, like, okay, how uncomfortable would it be? Do I think it will be reciprocated? Is it worth maybe not being reciprocated? And then kind of just maybe go for it. Maybe set them up, see what happens, touch back on it a year or two later, <laughs> hope that they don't get too serious. Um, or just, you know, I really was like, Oh, whatever. I actually think they'd be pretty good together. I'll set them up. And I didn't think that it wouldn't work out. I was kind of shocked when they both were like, oh, oh, I don't know. Like, I like how, when I would be like, how's it going? They were like, oh, I think that, you know, maybe. And <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. I mean, I hope they work out, but in the background I do find that interesting that it's not it's good information to have <laughs> so overall rule don't be shady and if something were to kind of spark between me and that guy I would absolutely reach out to my girlfriend and be like hey did what were things like with you guys like is it do are you still with this new guy is it cool if I kind of like holler back at him and I would definitely reach out to her and be like are you cool with it cuz you're the one who's romantically been involved with him not me, even though he was my friend first, I think that's how that works. That's my opinion on that. Something else I want to share my opinion on is, so I'm working at this bar now and I really am struck by like remembering how difficult it is. Like, you know, there's a bunch of us who all work there and some of the people I work with do not, the English is not their first language. And I'm reminded of how much of an equal like team effort it is to both figure out like what the other person's saying. And I, I've I'm not proud to say this, but I'll be totally transparent. And because I have to check myself a lot on this kind of stuff and how we all grew up and what was normalized. And um, I used to kind of do that bratty thing where when someone didn't speak English really well, I would be like, What? Like, what? Huh? And it was this. This stance of you're in America, you should, like, it's on you to catch yourself up to, like, have me understand your English. And, like, truly, I am not proud of that at all. And that's something I've had to just work out of and say, like, hey, we are literally all equal citizens of the world. I'm so fucking over that. Like, if you live here, you should learn the language, blah. Like, I saw this quote that was, like, it would be great if we switched our mindset from uh how frustrating that they don't speak english to oh how frustrating that i only speak english um i'm butchering that quote but it was like to not be in america and be like well they should if they move here they know they should know how to speak the language as well as we do it's like the people who say that are the exact same people who think that everyone in france is rude i actually went to france and did not think people were rude i'm going to be totally honest like I remember there was they say that like French people do not give you any slack. If you're trying to speak French and you're doing it horribly, they're like, what do you want? What are you trying to say? Like, stop. Like we were at a restaurant and I was trying to order in French and she was like, just tell me what you want. And I was like, no, hey, you're right. I'm like being an idiot. She was probably running around being so busy. And I'm like, "Uh, how you say (laughs) like how fucking annoying? And so I didn't think that was rude. I was like, no, that's fair. Um, But. So it's like the same people who are like they should learn how to speak the language also then think that French people are rude for doing the same fucking thing to them. So it's like there's just this this American mindset that is trash. We need to completely throw it out of like it's on anyone who doesn't know the language. It's all on them to, to make this interaction work. It's like, no, we are all citizens of the world. And if you happen to speak different languages, I'm now especially refining you know I just have more practice at it now because I'm around more people that don't speak the same native language as me um and to say like okay I don't need to be a fucking brat and be like what it's like oh we both equally work together to understand what we were both saying and it's just it makes it feels so much more human to treat it the interaction like that Um, I guess that's kind of a duh thing, but I'm just going to be like totally transparent that over the past five ish years, I've had to grow, like, I really kind of grew up being, that was one of the things I had to edify about my process was like being just kind of an American brat. I got to turn this alarm off. It keeps going off. Okay. I just paused this and finally took the vitamins that that alarm was reminding me to take instead of just snoozing it a hundred times. Um, but you know, the people who... That's such a frustrating crowd of people who are like, it's America. Learn English. Like, but so I'm so fucking over that attitude. And like, OK, listen, I'm not going to shit on Disney adults, but I am going to shit on Disney adults real quick. Like, OK, Disney World and Disneyland are great. Sure. Beautiful places. Most magical place in the world. But I feel like not all Disney adults. OK. But I feel like there is this subtype of people who I know when you go – I don't know which one it is. I think it's Disney World. I guess that would make more sense. There's, like, the concept that you can, like, go to, like, fake Europe. It's like, oh, my God, we're in, like, Germantown or wherever. or like, And it's, like, this whole, like um, – what's it called? Studio setup of what it feels like. These are like feels like the streets of Europe or whatever. And it's, like, I feel like there's a subtype of people – who can't handle real travel and like can't handle really going somewhere that has what they're trying to, you know, artificially create for these moments. And like they would rather go to the Americanized version of that where all the waiters speak the same language as you and you don't have to get super lost because there's like all these like signs that make it really easy to navigate. But it's like when you go to Europe, (laughs) this sounds so fucking braggadocious to me to say I've literally only been once. Let's not get it twisted. Make it seem like I'm like some super well-traveled bitch. But I was really struck by how I was like, wow, this is difficult to communicate with people. I'm like, this is difficult to navigate. Like in Barcelona, we got lost. I know enough Spanish to like get around, but not enough. Like I could speak it to, I could have kind of a conversation, but nothing super deep. And I was like kind of all like just came back when I was there and I was able to speak enough. But but navigating, I did not know like all the street names really threw me off. And I was like, oh, my God, where the fuck are we? (laughs) And like then trying to ask for directions is difficult. And like it puts you in this uh, inferior position. I think there's a subtype of people who don't expose themselves to the actual travel that will make them feel inferior. They want to go to the Disney World version of Germany because then they can, it's, is you know, they are not inferior to anyone who knows more than them. And I feel like it's just to actually, I really am, I cannot tell y'all how much I'm really thinking about subleasing my place furnished in a couple months and just fucking roaming the world. Like, you know, post vaccine, post open up world, like I really think I'm just gonna, I don't know what I want to do next. Like, I've talked about how I really thought I was going to move to New York at the end. My lease ends in November. I really, in January, was like, I'm fucking moving to New York in November no matter what. And I don't I don't know. I feel less connected th- to that idea now. And I just may- might still do that. But I think I need to just go travel around the world for a couple months or as long as I can. And really... <laughs> find myself you know I'm being to- totally serious so I really want to like embrace myself in situations that are unfamiliar kind of like get um, get into a culture that feels really unfamiliar and like the only thing that is comfortable and familiar is just myself and use that as a compass I guess like I, I really am looking to strengthen my intuition and my gut and like make turn the volume up on those whispers um, and I feel like a way to do that is just get out and get uncomfortable Um, so yeah, I just have been reminded of, it feels so much more human and it's just so much more, it's kind to not be like, what are you saying to someone who speaks a different language than you and is trying to speak English. I actually saw my friend Chicago food girl on Instagram. She's my friend Mina. She was talking about how her first language is Korean and she I had no idea that like Most people who speak another language, they think she thinks in Korean and then translates everything to English like as she speaks it. I was like, wait, wow, that I never even thought of that. And so it's just, you know, like that fucking attitude of expecting people to know your language just because they're on American soil and like "Mm, they should like know English better if they're going to work here like uh, another thing I, uh, another quote I saw was like, Hey, if they are, they are someone who is a knows more languages than you probably. And B is brave enough to do a job in not their first language. Like, I just think it's so shitty to be a brat about that. So not here to shame. If you're in that spot, <laughs> you know, not, I'm not going to sit here and shame and cancel people, but just, <laughs> As a reminder, it really is a much more human way to treat people. Um, And uh, I don't really mean to like coddle people who treat people like that. But, you know, shame doesn't get anyone anywhere. So I feel like just a reminder, it is a more refreshing and human uh, and kind and compassionate way to react with other interact with other people uh, to not just have this fucking annoying American air about us where we literally will go around the world and expect that English is the first is the most native language um, because it's not. And uh, there's nothing wrong with wanting to go to Disney world and go to the American Disney world version of Germany and things like that. I'm sure it's fun. I don't know. I've never really been that much of like a Disney person, but um, like I've only been to each park once. Oh my God. I was traumatized when I was in fourth grade. We went to the Disney land because we lived in California at the time I rode the Indiana Jones ride bitch I cried like the whole time I was like shaking I was very scared by that ride like it almost ruined the whole day (laughs) my parents were like had no idea I was gonna freak out so much I remember we did like the Pirates of the Caribbean boat thing after and I was like just like hand head in my hands like oh god and I don't know why just like the big rock that rolls (coughs) toward that rolls towards you in the indiana jones ride it's like right out the gate it just scared the shit out of me and like then the rest of the time i just freaked it it felt like in willy wonka when they go through the tunnel and it's super scary it felt like that scary for me in real life and i don't know why i was just so bothered by that but anyways there's nothing wrong of course with going to these places that are like the disney world version of this but i just think that there really is a subtype of people who are robbing themselves of the opportunity to really go out into the world and get uncomfortable in travel and like not to seek uncomfortability. That's obviously not the goal. Um, to be like, yeah, I'm going to go spend a lot of money on a trip. That's going to fucking suck. It's like, it's just, I think um, a, a part of an appreciation of really experiencing the world is that it is not always this curated experience that, is catered to you and what you are looking for. It's like, no, you are joining someone else's world and someone else's society for however long. And, uh, you know, you got to be kind of quick on your feet there and learn how to interact with people who are really different from you. So I just can't wait to travel again. (laughs) Wow. I know I'm the first person to say that in the pandemic. (laughs) Definitely a novel concept. Um, I'm trying to think like where all I want to go. There's so many places. I didn't travel that much until I turned like 23 and I started making some good money at the startup. And I traveled like once or twice a month just to kind of start making up for lost time. Like I, like literally I've never been to New York, which makes is so random and everyone's like, what, how have you never been to New York city? And I'm like, I, I don't know. There's so many places I haven't been. Um, so I, I remember when I was younger, I was like, I really want to go to all 50 States. And so like, but I think I'm going to try and do more international stuff. If people will like let us in, I really wonder like how long it will take for us to be let into countries because America obviously handled the pandemic horribly, um, in the beginning. And Oh my God, if you're looking for a documentary, This came out in like January. I don't. I think I'm in a place. I'm in a place now where I it would trigger me too much to watch it again, but um to kind of check yourself on it. Like it was, it was a little hard to watch, but I thought it was an important thing to watch to be educated on it. But there's a, a documentary. I think it was on Hulu called Totally Under Control. It seems like it is just completely about bashing Trump the whole time, and like there are certainly. Um, accountability for a lot of the mistakes Trump made. But it's really about like the entire like the empirical look at how fucked up America's response was. Like the supply chain um, component was a huge part of it that like there's so much I had no idea about. And I was like, holy shit. Um, So I really would recommend um, watching that if you haven't but brace yourself a little bit because it will make you really angry oh like I know everyone's watching that Seaspiracy documentary right now oh my god I watched like 38 minutes of it I remember that I, I paused it to do something like I had to like go get water and I was like oh this is a lot and I paused it and I was like nowhere near even halfway through it and I was like I oh my god <laughs> like I don't know if I can sit through two hours of this like I, I paused it and I'm just going to come back to it later but it is just, Ooh, um, I, I'm going to make a left turn here in a second, I guess, because I'm trying to, I guess this is getting a little heavy, but definitely try and watch as much of this as you can. Like it is just crazy how fucked up so many systems are in our world. Like the fishing industry is really, really fucked. And like, Oh, it just it was very overwhelming. Um, so I, Oof. Um, I'm gonna make a left turn because I guess this all these topics are becoming a little heavy, but this is kind of just what's been on my mind this week. Um, something else that's been on my mind this week, I t- mentioned this in Behem round two, but I um I had really big, big, big mental lows whenever I had COVID. Um, like My dad had said, my uncle literally just had it and it actually got like pretty bad and we're very grateful that he's okay. But my dad had been talking to him and he was like, yeah, you know, your uncle said that it's the lone, like the isolation part that's the hardest. And I was like, "Uh, literally dad, I'm alone like all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of sad. Uh, No, like, but I was really like, dad, I'm alone every single day. Like I, I, that doesn't bother me. But truly like it really fucked me up not being able to leave my apartment door for 10 days. Like even just 10 days was really hard. Like the first five or I could not get out of my bed for more than like two minutes for like four or five days. It was wild. Like I felt like I needed to take a nap after brushing my teeth. It was very like, Oh my God. Um, and so then the second half of my quarantine, I was like, okay, I can like be kind of up and about and like walk around my apartment at least. And like the last four days of it, a, I started losing my smell and taste. I am so lucky. I only lost it for a couple days. It was so miserable. I really hated not being able to taste and smell anything. Um, but again, always continually was very grateful that my experience was nowhere near as bad as other people. Um, and I just get really, whatever I feel, I feel it very intensely. <laughs> Um, and I'm working on kind of infusing more balance into that. My therapist is helping me like I'm learning that black and white thinking is a trauma response. Um, and so uh, it, things will either like <clears throat> just to briefly uh, brush into this. My PTSD diagnosis uh, for complex post-traumatic stress disorder caused by complex trauma um, is starting to make more sense as I'm working through it. I literally thought for weeks I was like, I really just like think that this is a mistake. I think she misunderstood some things I said, but it literally took months to diagnose and I still doubted it. I felt, I didn't feel like it was valid. I was like, no, like uh, I must've over dramatized something or whatever, which is part of it is like people not, I'm, I'm very afraid of people not believing me or my experience is not being valid. <clears throat> it's a very big trigger for me. Um, and that can come from, um, com- you know, having your reality denied is something as simple as that. Having your reality consistently denied in a power dynamic can uh, traumatize you. And so it's starting to really make sense. I'm like, oh, wow, I really, I really understand that I do suffer from this. And it's crazy how often I have to validate myself with that. But so when I feel stuck in something... I just I wear it like a huge coat and like I really nuzzle into it and I just lose myself in certain feelings sometimes and it gets frustrating because I'm like oh I just want to like I can tell when I'm getting triggered and I'm like oh like it always happens whenever I plan something with friends like whenever I like Thursday night I'm having a couple friends over and I'm like getting some of us together who haven't seen each other in a while. I'm like oh my god I'm so excited. And I just like have sometimes when I make a plan like that, like a week or so out, I'll have this dread inside. I'm like, I hope something doesn't hit me the wrong way. I hope something doesn't hit me sideways and I get triggered because it's just really difficult to get out of it. But I'm learning and I'm growing. And I I know that like six months to a year from now, this will look a lot different. But, you know, like the pressure of I have to just be okay, and like I have to be I want to be present with my friends And when I'm triggered, I just am spinning out. And I'm like, I'm there, but I'm like, my friends can tell when I'm just mentally spinning onto another, I'm just, I'm tethered to nothing. Um, And it's like this kind of dead behind the eyes, like I'm there, but I'm dead behind the eyes or maybe drinking a fucking lot or just, I don't know. So I'm, I felt really stuck. Literally, I was stuck in my apartment and that compounded into, like I mentioned in Behem round two on Monday that. I was just all my thinking was so fear based. Everything was what if, and I just get like down the rabbit hole of um, what if this and oh my god what if that or like my health insurance expired the one of the last days of my quarantine and I had been reading that a lot of the most mu- the more recent mutations of COVID have been hospitalizing younger people and I'm like Jesus fucking Christ if I get hospitalized for this like I, I the day after my insurance uh, expires, like, oh my God, like who fucking knows how expensive that will be. And like all this stuff. So I just was like, what if this, what if this, and like, what if I'm not okay? Or just whatever it is. And then I saw this Taylor Swift interview (laughs) that it was from years ago, but she was telling, um, some interviewer like, yeah, you know what, even in the front row of an awards ceremony, um, I still sometimes feel like an outcast and like, just kind of like a loser. Like she said, the way you feel in school growing up kind of, sometimes it's really hard to grow out of that mindset. And I feel like some, like really I've talked about this before. Whenever I was always a new kid at every school, cause I moved a lot. I really just kind of sometimes felt very much like an outcast. And like, I was desperately trying to get everyone to like me. And um, then I felt like whenever I got into like high school, in college and then like post-grad and things like that. I, whenever I felt like I was like, Oh, I actually feel like pretty well liked. I thought that I just hacked the system or like was tricking people or it was all like smoke and mirrors. You know what I mean? And like, so sometimes I get like when I was in lockdown, I get really in my head about like, Oh fuck. Like it just feels like anything I'm trying at or anything I'm doing. I'm like, what if people just think I'm a joke? and like, I got really lost in that thought. And I was like, Hey, who fucking care? Like it's, it's, this is like how I actually feel. I'm like, fuck that. Like if someone's trying to hate on something I'm trying at, they probably a, are a hater B, like, it's like, if I'm ever being a hater towards someone, it's because I'm projecting. And like, I, there's something about what they're doing. Like the girl I used to work with at the club, she saw something in me she didn't like about herself. And it's like, so it's it's not about you and I can that is who I am and what I actually believe but then when I go on these loops I'm like oh my god literally what if I'm a joke what if what literally what if I'm a joke and people are sending I have like the my Instagram is set up as like a just for fun like where you can see your insights I try not to look at it because you actually can see how many people sent your post to someone else or saved it or things like that and there was one post I can't remember what it was cuz I tried to like not pay that much attention to it but like one random post I did that was kind of like hoish. it was sent like 137 times. I was like, wait, what the fuck? And I, it made me like self conscious. I was like, wait, are people? What are people saying about that? And I was like, oh god. And um, like little things like that will get in my head, and I I try so hard to move away from that thinking because it completely separates you from gratitude. Like I said in the mini episode fear blocks gratitude so it's just in this fear-based mindset all week about everything like what if my life is a joke what if I go to the hospital what if I can't recover in time for work this weekend and I I miss a weekend of work it it worked out I got like sick on like a Monday or Tuesday uh, on a Tuesday so the 10 days like I didn't have to miss two weekends which is really lucky but I was like okay fuck like Weekends are when I work now. And so I was like, I hope I'm okay in time and like I really need to make money and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I just was really, really trapped in that. And it it made sense to loop it all back. It made sense. I was like, oh, I get it. Like, I this PTSD makes me feel like a bad situation. Like certain not every bad situation. There's certain there's plenty of problems I can handle and like feel like I have a normal reaction to um but there are just certain um certain verticals where I'm like whoa I just spin out in them and I'm like I can't handle this I can't do this I, I gotta get out I gotta get out like it's very like I need to escape I gotta get out of this like like sometimes even when I feel stuck like whenever I was, I was having uh it's too hard to explain but I was in a situation where I was like this is gonna take forever um I'm gonna be here for hours and I feel like I can't get out and I feel like I'm making the wrong choice. I feel like blah, 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 blah. And it just goes into this. Like I'm understanding that this, my nervous system is dysregulated and panics about when I feel stuck and I feel like I have to escape. So I was feeling like that when I had COVID and I was like, I got to get, like, I I don't know if I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And like this and that. And like, it's dizzying to even think about because the morning my quarantine broke I just immediately woke up and I just felt so much better and I was like dang like and then I go on these highs whenever I feel like I've escaped quote escaped something and like I actually almost even I remember when I was a little younger I, I thought that I was bipolar I like wondered I was like dude like my I have such like highs and lows sometimes. But, you know, there's a lot of parts of that diagnosis that I I don't fit. But it's just I do have, like, these these highs after I get out of a situation. Every time I move to a new city, I am elated. Like, I am this untouchable level of euphoria that I'm, like, walking on a cloud. Or, like, when I get a new job or what, after I quit a job or after I do, like, new friend, new relationship, new whatever. Like, when I feel like I'm escaping something that felt like a trap or, like, I feel like I was stuck in, there's this euphoria. And I sometimes have a hard time discerning if I'm in that right now because when I quit my job, um, like I talked about on the last episode why I quit my job, um, I literally did not – like I am friends with all those people I worked with. I'll probably see my boss like next week. Like we're still cool. It's not like I was in some horrible environment. I just – was the hardest decision was like am I – I'm learning about myself, how much I run from things and how – much I get on my own way by doing that how how much I never really trust myself to get through things and I was like am I running from this or do I really deeply believe I'm not supposed to be here and I I ultimately by a hair decided like I feel like it's just a little bit more that I'm not supposed to be here and I, I believe I made the right choice but then there is this feeling where I cannot even tell y'all how much happier I am with my life like I feel like I'm um I feel more like the author of my own experience. Like I literally work, I obviously used to work like a 40 hour work week, Monday through Friday, nine to five. Now I work a 36 hour work week. I do three shifts at a bar a week and then they're 12 hour shifts. So I'm doing 36 hours a week, um, just four hours short of what I was doing before, but it's crammed into three days and I walk with cash most of the time and it gets great. It's more instant gratification. I also make way fucking more money than I did at my corporate job, which is wild. And then I have so much more free time to work on the puzzle company and to work on this podcast and to work on some other side projects I'm doing uh, in Texas. And so I just feel like I get to wake up when I want. I get to go to sleep when I want. I can blase. I get to fuck around in the morning. I love doing that. And like I get to just have much more autonomy over like, hey, I still have a lot of things I want to get done, but it's much more free-flowing and my life just feels... Fuller, like instead, I'd rather work um, 36 hours jam packed than a more spread out time of working. Like, okay, literally in college, my last course I took in college, I had to cram like a math course, and it was like one of those two or three week summer courses, and I was like, oh, this is the shit. I wish I would have done way more classes like this. Like instead of it being drawn out, just fucking jam it all together for two or three weeks loved that. I feel like just having a schedule that is different than the every single day is the same which you know, I know that that's harder to find. Like I really have to look at my life and put it together in a way that's not put together for me. I think I just I always resent any system that I have to follow that like is feels like if someone else is dictating the structure of my life. I just always end up presenting it. I ran into a friend yesterday who I was like, Hey, like how's your you switched jobs like four or five months ago, right? How is that? And she was like, Oh bitch, I already hate it. And I was like, Oh God, that sucks. I hate that feeling so much when you're like, Okay, like I thought I was gonna like this job more and I don't. I'm still unhappy with certain things and it's like I was like, dude, I feel for you and like asking her, like, what do you think you wanna do next? and She was like, I don't know. I'm giving myself like two weeks and I, I might, she was saying the same kind of thing. She's like, I think I might just like move to another country and like, I I don't know. I might just completely go all out. I was like, go off, bitch. Like do it. Um, and I related so much to just, I, I got to a point where I was like, I basically hate any nine to five job. I hate any structure like that. Like I worked for the company I got fired for was a great company. And I still was like, ugh, like I just... There's certain parts of this I don't like. And it was no, had nothing to do with the company. It was really just like that and then going to the next position and really ending up not liking that either. I was like, it's me. I'm the common denominator. I don't like this kind of structure. I, it's like a creative outlet for me to be like, okay, how am I going to afford my life this year? You know, and like what am I – then I, I start to get more into an abundance mindset um, where I start to – like, okay, every time I make money at the bar, I literally – stuff it into this part of my apartment that I won't disclose but um I just I stuff it into a place and don't look like try not to spend it And I just like that's how I literally physically save money and um it just I love that feeling of I feel like I'm just collecting money at this point instead of just the same paycheck every two weeks where I'm like okay that goes to this bill and that goes to this bill and like blah 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 even when I was like 25 I actually was making a pretty high salary doing something. And I was like, Whoa, I cannot believe I'm making that much money. And it was, you know, a hefty paycheck each, every other week. But I like within two or three weeks, I was, or two or three paychecks. I was like, okay, I'm bored. Like I I like to have more of an influence on what I'm making. That's why I've always been really, really good at sales. Um, so it's, I feel like I am more, when I look at my life and I'm like, how am I going to afford my life this year? That just feels like a creative outlet to me of like, I'm trying to kind of work a few streams of income. Um, and that feels very like a pro, like a very, it feels like an art to me. But when it gets down to the wire, I have to find my balance with it. Like my therapist said, you know, to not go so black and white to circle back. I don't think I ever finished that thought. When I'm getting into a trauma response of very black and white thinking or just, I want this to be relatable to really everybody because I know this is it's a smaller subtype of people who have PTSD. But for anyone who gets stressed and you get kind of scrambled, when you're really black or white thinking or when you're upset about something and you're like, no, this is going on and this and that, and I think this is this and blah, my therapist will say, challenge me to say like, okay, yes, it could be black or yes, it could be white, but is there maybe a middle ground? Is it possible that there's more of a middle ground reality? Um, and just to kind of challenge that stressor, and uh, figure out does this one event that happened really mean this Um, does this possibility really pose that big of a threat to my life like um, this and that and so part of my balance with this creating the structure of my own life I have to have a boundary of like okay whenever I was uh, my first year like about a year into when I moved to Chicago I was like slinging a few jobs but we weren't making that much money at the club I was working at for whatever reason. Like the, it was kind of like the industry was suffering from, it just not of. Um, I don't remember what was going on, but it was like I feel like all the girls and all the clubs were like, I feel like we're not making as much money as usual. I don't know what's happening, but anyways, I got to a point where every single month I was like, okay, how am I going to afford my life this month? And that got very very stressful. Like every single end of the month, I was like, how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to pay my rent? And it would all kind of come together at the last second, but it was. Very stressful, and sometimes I would kind of um, ride the wave of that high and kind of almost crave that up and down, like that really stressful up and down. I would be like, "Oh my god!" But I made it work, and like it's kind of like whenever I press myself with time. Like I always swear I've always really struggled with being on time with things. <laughs> and I, the way I describe it is, I'm very optimistic. Um, I'm like, "No, I have to do this, 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 and this, but that will take 20 minutes because I. It's more of an optimistic." mindset (laughs) but um in reality it is a lack of um responsibility and lack of deciding to really think something out and I'm like no like I remember one time I told Tyler I was like um okay I have to run by Walgreens I have to get this and that Walgreens not CVS I want to remind everyone that I am a Walgreens person not a CVS person uh fight me in my DMs thank you Um, I was like, I have to go to Walgreens and then, uh, I have to drop something off at Allison's and then, uh, I'm going to divvy bike over there. So I'll I'll be there in like 20 minutes. He'd be like, um, okay. Everything you just described to me based on where Allison lives, where the Walgreens is, and then also how far away this thing we're going to is, that's going to take you 45 minutes to an hour. And I was like, no, you don't, you don't know. And sure enough, it took me an hour and five minutes, <laughs> but I was shocked. I was like, what, huh? So it's like, yes, I could do toxic positivity and like not address it and be like, no, it's because I'm optimistic. But really it's because I have a hard time facing the reality of how long things take. And I like to dilly dally. And like, I remember whenever I would be, in a, when I was my uh, CEO's assistant years ago for this company, um, I would always run errands. She's like, "Okay, I mean, this is going to take you like a long time, though. Like, you know, make sure that you come back by this time. And I was like, oh, my God, what? Like I would get like offended. I'd be like, "Um, of course, like I'm always because I'm always hurrying. And I'm like, I feel like I'm moving pretty fast. But (laughs) to the tune of a pace of a regular person, I was like really not moving quickly at all because I try to fit so much in. I just like to look at a time frame and cram as much in as I can. I forget how we got to this. Um, oh, my life is fuller. Uh I like that I get to fill my days how I want. Oh, so I've had to really figure out the balance of yes, I'm on a high right now. I'm on a high because I just left a job that I felt in my gut and my soul and my deep self that I was not meant for. But, you know, I, I want to not go too, too heavy on like I escaped and I'm out and it's this, this and this. And like, I get into this like fairy tale world of, which is sometimes fun because I, I feel like the sky is the limit and that's when I really dream and, and figure out goals of what I want to do. And I, I have this huge, like two to three year tr- track that I'm figuring out for what I want to do with the next couple of years of my life. And like, I am wildly inspired by it. And I, I think I'm going to get some huge things done, but then I, I fall down. I, I, I get into these highs and I'm like, I could do this, 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 and this, and this. And I love to dream big, but then I kind of settle back down more into reality, more of the middle ground. Uh, cause life is not always that high. Uh, and then I get disappointed in myself and I'm like, Oh, well like, cause I don't always have as much energy as I do right in the beginning of a new phase of something. And, um, So I'm learning how to have more realistic expectations as I move through this transition and to try and stay more balanced with, um, okay, yeah, I do have massive things I want to accomplish, but I'm going to do them slowly and I'm going to do them kind of one at a time um, or just really build each thing I'm doing with a lot of care and set realistic goals and realistic boundaries with each situation. So I'm stoked because I feel like, very connected to going through treatment for the PTSD and healing from it as I'm learning such a real life, um, example is not the right word, but like a, a real life thing to apply it to is like, okay, yes, I feel like very, um, the biggest difference I feel is how much more bandwidth I have for things like I'm so much more energized to like I've had a pretty full like social week well last night I was supposed to get drinks with dishwasher man um I mentioned him in the episode I think he was on the episode um your anxiety doesn't give a fuck about you I called him dishwasher man because I like was out with friends one night and I facetimed him I was like hey like what do you up to do you want to come over and he was like, Oh uh, yeah, give me like an hour. And I literally like Cinderella into a cute, like effortless outfit and like cleaned my place up and like ran my dishwasher. And, uh, he canceled like last second. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I ran my fucking dishwasher for you. How dare you? Like, so I call him dishwasher man, but I was supposed to get drinks with him last night. I ended up canceling cause I wanted to go on a long bike ride instead. And then like Monday night I went and got drinks with a friend tonight I have game night uh tomorrow I'm getting together with some old co-workers like I um I- I'm just I called my friend yesterday who I'm seeing tomorrow I was like hey I know we talked about Thursdays you have a second I wanted to chat with you about it and she's like oh no are you canceling and it made me feel so like bummed I was like dang I literally used to just call and cancel all the fucking time on my friends because I just never had the fucking bandwidth to do anything. So I'm excited. I'm trying to be, like, grateful and take advantage of the fact that I have more bandwidth without overextending myself. But it just feels great to have the energy to see my friends. Like, I used to literally just be so bogged down by feeling like, oh, God, this job, like, every single day, it's just, we're doing this again today, huh? Like, oh, God. And um, I was so unenergized all the time. And, um, so yeah, it's been great to feel just a more balanced excitement about my life. Like I literally just get to walk around more. I'm starting to bike around. I literally used to fucking bike everywhere and I miss that. But I was reminded, I mean, just for anyone else who bikes here in Chicago or any major big city, to just be careful. Like I really saw two huge bike accidents yesterday. And one of them was this guy who was in like a Lance Armstrong kind of bike outfit and, um, had a helmet and everything, but was like bleeding from his head or from his forehead. I mean, he, it was like a, a cut. It wasn't like his skull was cracked open or anything crazy, but it, it seemed like a pretty serious, like an ambulance had to come. So, uh, I was on the lakefront trail yesterday and it was very crowded. So as a reminder, as as everything starts to get warmer we all open the world back up and start doing more things, just a reminder to be careful. I feel like it's easy to forget. And we are all so excited about like, Oh my God, the world's up open- opening a little bit again. And like, let's kind of just black and like the weather's nice. Let's go. Um, and that was a good slow down reminder for me, um, figuratively and physically. <laughs> uh, one more thing that helps me with this more balanced mindset, uh, middle ground, less black and white, I've told this to friends before because this really made a big impact in my life um, with just the way I talk to myself. And whenever you're walking around your place and you see that box of things you need to donate, you're like, oh, God, I need to go donate that. Uh, or like the box in the back of your car of things you need to donate or whatever it is. Or like you see things like a package you, you – um, told a friend you'd send back like I literally borrowed Spanx um over the the wedding I was in like a month or so ago and I was like oh shoot I need to send those back to her and like that weight of saying to yourself I need to do this and that um I went through a period where I was probably stuck in some big mental rut and I was trying so hard to get out of it and I was like made this tweak that I'm so proud of um I have no idea if I absorbed this from someone else or if I thought of this to be totally honest I I really don't remember but I changed my verbiage from I need to to I can. I then realized, like, I took, like, one month of, okay, I'm going to be very uh, – really examine every time I say or think the word need. Um, and it, it, that was also when I was really starting to wrestle with my relationship with working out and eating certain things. And, like, I would be like, Ugh, oh, my God, I need to go work out. Or, like, like I need to eat this or I need to – finish this task or go do this. And I would feel really weighed down by that. It it carries a lot of um, mental weight. And uh, that's when I would just pile too many things onto myself. And that's when I would kind of feel crushed by things and, and get in like a tizzy and be like, Oh God. And everything would feel so much bigger than it is because I was weighing myself down unnecessarily. So something I switched it to, uh, that I frequently go back to, to is, Checking myself on, oh, I need to go work out or, ugh, oh, I need to go donate these uh, clothes. Switching it to, I can work out later today. I can go donate these clothes Thursday morning. Um, just switching from, I need to, to, I can do that um, really puts you in a position of empowerment and helps you to start speaking authority over your tasks and things you would like to do I also would switch oh my god like I want to do that or I want to work on this or I want to get better at that and it's like you really only truly want a few things in your life at a time like you can't really want to to very much like definition of the word when you want to do something you do it um and so that was another thing that I had more weight to it as well. And I was like, wow, if I want to do all these things, why am I not fucking doing them? You know, it affected me to say, oh my God, I want to um, get better at this, like this girl, like I see this, like I want to do photography, like, ah, uh, like, or I want to get my closet more organized. I've said that so many times. <laughs> and it's like, then you start to feel bad about yourself if you're constantly saying, I want to do these things and you're not doing them. You know, there's a part of you that, feels that dissonance between that. And so I started saying, I'd like to do this. I'd like to organize my closet. And it just was a more like realistic mindset that helped me find more of the middle ground, a little bit more of balance. Um, so switch your needs to cans, figure out the very few things that you want to do. And then everything else is just something you'd like to do. Um, and really kind of help you prioritize maybe direction or, Just take a little bit more of a breather on yourself and just get more in touch with um, all that mental chatter of like, I should do this. Oh my God. Every father in the world, oh, shoulda, coulda, woulda. My dad said that so much when I'm like, oh, well, like we should have done this. He's like, well, shoulda, coulda, woulda. (laughs) And I'd be like, "Ah." (laughs) that. And whenever my dad said, I think I said this on an episode before, but whenever I would be like, oh, Austin got a bigger piece than me of like food or whatever. I'd be like, that's not fair. My dad would be like, well, life's not fair. And I, oh my God, I would get beside myself mad. I'd be like, ah! <laughs> So I know it's a real dad thing to be like, shoulda, coulda, woulda. But like, don't should yourself. That's a big like term in therapy. Um, don't weigh yourself down with I should do this. Like, I want to do this. I need to do that. Just take a bit of pressure off yourself. I can work out in an hour. I can donate these on Thursday. Um, I l- would like to organize my closet. Um, I tried to think actually of three new examples for each one of those and just nothing came out of this brain. So going to reiterate those three examples for you there. Um, To kind of wrap this episode up, I just there's I have this thing with numbers. I know that's like a hippy dippy thing like a lot of people when they see 444 or like 1111 or certain numbers like all um synchronicity I think is what they call it uh I'm starting to kind of get into that kind of stuff but in my own personal way like I used to feel pre-pandemic I used to feel it was hard to explain how I even got to this it was kind of like an inception when they're like you can tell it's a dream because you're like wait how did we get here and you're like oh wait I don't know. What were we doing before this? I, I can't remember. It's like same thing with intuition things or gut things, in my opinion. Once I'm really kind of caught uh, into a when I realize I have intuition about something, it won't all just happen at once. But there will be a point where I'm like, no, I I have an intuition about this and I, I can barely pinpoint where it started. But I know it's an intuition um, or an intuitive feeling. So I had something like that with whenever I would run into someone I know, like I my whole life, I always loved that. I think because I used to move so much, I liked as I got older, whenever I'd run into someone I know, because it would remind me of the feeling of like, oh my God, I'm settled here. I know people like that's awesome. And it would feel really comforting. So I've always loved that. And I'm always, whenever I would come home, especially when I lived in Dallas, I'd be like, oh. Telling my roommate, I'd be like, oh my God, I saw so-and-so today. And we ran into so-and-so and it was so crazy. And it was like, wild." He's like, okay, I mean, okay, that's crazy, I guess. I'm like, it was crazy. <laughs> and like, I've always gotten a lot of joy from that. And so when I moved to Chicago, I started feeling an intuit- uh, an intuitive feeling about, you know, every time I really run into someone I know here, it kind of feels like an affirmation that I'm in the right place at the right time. And it feels like a bit of like a universe, like, Hey, like, cause it would happen a lot when I was feeling down or starting to doubt myself. And then I just would run smack into someone like, because to me, it's crazy that so many variables have to come together for in a city for you to run into someone or really anywhere. Truly like, I mean, smaller towns, like, you know, Chicago really has like a smaller town feel. It really does, but it's still. I think it's just wild to run into people. Um, I love it. And that but pre-pandemic always felt like, you know what? I feel like I'm in the right place at the right time and just energy. Like it, it made me feel aligned. Um, And it would kind of like put a little pep on my step. I'm like, okay. And so then obviously with the pandemic, that majorly decreased and I wasn't really running into people. And it kind of just all of a sudden started to shift into um especially the past – Nine to ten months, I have felt very connected to certain numbers, like my birthday is September sixteenth. I've always loved nine sixteen. I love both those numbers separately, nine and sixteen. Um, and I that number and like my favorite time of day is twelve thirty four. One two three four. I I remember like seeing my parents' digital clock in their room. I always would be like try and catch it at twelve thirty four because I was like ha one two three four <laughs> like and then um so those two times of day always feel like it started to feel like every time I was not every time I was doubting myself but there were some profound moments where I would start to be like second guessing something or looking looking down a lot and feeling kind of down and like because uh, I very physically react to when I feel down I'm looking down at my feet when I walk I'm not, I'm not I'm in my phone and when I start to get out of my fear-based mindset or my you know whatever rabbit hole I'm falling into I could tell that I'm getting out of it because I'm looking up more um you know, I, I think that's common. I guess to just when you feel down, you look down. Um, and so, but in there were some profound moments that started to really stack up where I would be like, Ugh, I don't know if I should like do that or is this does this make sense or like should I go after this or blah blah whatever. And I would just happen to look at the clock and it would be it would turn to nine sixteen as I looked and I'm like, huh, or twelve thirty four and I just be like, hmm. And um, I so I, I feel a connection to that and like just numbers in general. And then also, um, for security purposes, I won't really say the full number here, but I ran, I have my birth certificate. It's like this, it looks like a dead sea scroll. Like it's really like fucked up. I had to get it for my mom when I was getting a passport years ago. And I just kept it because it looks really cool. It looks like a literal artifact. Cause it's just beat to hell. It is barely, they barely accepted it. I think at the post office, um, so I have this old ass typewriter. I love old shit so much. It's wild to me that certain items like have experienced more of this world than I have. Like obviously they have not like trapped like, you know, it's, it's literally an item that sits in a house. But the fact that they've witnessed more life than I have is crazy to me. This typewriter is probably like, I don't know, like, I don't know when were typewriters invented hmm. I actually am fascinated with typewriters I'm shocked I don't know this but this typewriter is old as fuck and it's really cool I have it on my old ass armoire that my mom got in a, an estate sale for me when I was in college and it's actually a little haunted but I don't think it's like in a bad way I don't think it's a bad spirit but like once it did this two nights ago once every month or two it'll just like knock like there'll be like a dut dut dot like just knocks and I'm like what the fuck? I guess it's just like the wood settling, but it's truly a hundred years old. So I think there's a little spirit there. I don't know. Um, never have felt bad vibes. I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, I'm like, no, no, I've not felt bad vibes from you, but I don't know. It's, it's, It's something knocks anyway. So my old typewriter on top of my old armoire has my old ass birth certificate. And, uh, I randomly like a couple months ago was like, what time of day was I born? Because I knew I was born on a Monday because I've always really liked Mondays. And I'm like, maybe that's why because I was born on a Monday and like, I'm connected to it. But I was like, what time of day was I born? And I won't say what times so people can't figure out my apartment number. But I realized that my apartment number is an amalgamation of the time I was born. I have no idea if I'm using that word right, actually, but it's a jumbled mix of the exact same numbers of what time I was born. And I was like, whoa, I felt so like whoosh about that. I was like, I, all of a sudden I just felt like something kind of big is going to happen in this apartment. And I had felt that before when I moved in, I just had this vibe and this sense that I was like, something's Something's going to happen big here. Like a big move in my life is going to happen while I live here. And that felt like a confirmation randomly to me. So then the other night when I was at work, um, I, it was two in the morning. We were closing out and it's like this process of like, bitch, I use, I always watch the girls do close out. There's always like one or two girls who always do the close out. Cause that's actually a really complicated mathematical process. Like they taught it to me at least six times. And I'm like, I'm very good at math bitch I really am but they've explained it to me so many times where I'm like okay what (laughs) but so I was sitting down there with her because you have to like double count the money and things like that and I was like bitch how much money do you think we made tonight and she's like oh I don't want to jinx it and I was like all right I I love guessing I'll always be like out with my friends and I'm like bitch it's so nice outside how many what do you think it is outside like let's guess the degree um amount or number or whatever and like let's whoever Let's see who can guess the closest to it. I just like guessing games like that. I grew up, my dad works in hotels and we would always play a game in every hotel we stayed in. Um, Like we'd be in the elevator bank where we're like, okay, which one do you think it'll be? And we would all very passionately be like, it's going to be this one. I'm standing in front of this one. No, thank you. It'll be mine. Thanks. (laughs) And uh, that I just like making games out of anything. My dad always did that with us for stuff when we were growing up. So he also used to do this thing. Boy, we are really sidetracking today. Um, he did this thing where we used to live on a golf course and he wanted to just always play golf. And so he would take us with him and we didn't learn till we were like way older that he was just like tricking us into thinking this part of it was a game. So he could just play golf, but he'd be like, okay, you guys have to find the flags. And it was like, there were all these like little tiny flag markers because I think they were probably doing construction or something. So he's like, okay, how many green flags can you find? we would be like, Oh me. Thank you, dad. Me. I got it. Austin. No, you n- move to the side. I found six like, and we would come back and report how many we found at each hole. And like, he's like, Oh good. Okay. Now we're going to go to this hole. How many red flags can you find? Ha mm-hmm. dating games. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> was preparing me for being on hinge later in my life. Um, but so, I just, my dad always made everything fun with little games. So I like making little things fun with little games. So I was like, bitch, how much do you think we made? And so she didn't want to jinx it, which I get that because that's a very real thing. We'd be like, oh, I feel like we made like three or 400 and we made like 200. Sometimes you'd be like, fucking damn it. I thought we made way more money than that. But so I was like, okay, okay, that's fair. I I respect jinx feelings. And so I was like, I'm going to open up a note and I'm going to write what I think we made. And I was like, I feel like we made like 333 and I was like no 334. So I wrote it down. I shit you not. Literally all of us made different amounts because we were all there for different hours. And she I watched her write down next to my name 334. I was like, "Bitch, you are fucking kidding me." And I opened my note. I was like, "That is exactly what I fucking wrote." And like, "Trust me, bitch. I have no way of like knowing that based on like certain tips and this and that." I was like, The mathematical process is wildly lost on me. And we were like, wait, that's fucking crazy. So big into number connections. I'm starting to run into more people. I ran into someone yesterday. And like, so like that, that energy connection alignment thing is coming back for me, which I'm stoked about, but like really big into numbers right now. And like, I I was reminded again of the apartment thing. There's those numbers. And like the fact that it almost exactly aligns to the time of day I was born, (laughs) But I sound like I really wish I was born to astrology because I know I sound like an astrology bitch being that connected to the time of day I was born. But like, I don't know. I never connect. I'm a Virgo. I've almost never in my life have connected to something Virgo that I've read. I don't know. Maybe actually maybe as I like heal from like trauma and whatever else like stressors are kind of clouding my life. Maybe I will get back down to like my deeper truer self and maybe I will reconnect or connect with what it means to be a Virgo because they're always very like anal retentive like super organized I love organizing things but I'm actually kind of like a cluttery person so I don't know I always read Virgo stuff I'm like yeah it doesn't really feel like me but I'm like maybe deep down I am kind of like I I like helping people organize stuff I like the act of organization but keeping it up feels like a burden so I don't know um I don't know. If you have bangs and know about astrology things, uh, maybe slide my DM. Like people have done my moon charts or rising sun or whatever it is like. And I just always am like one of my friends recently was like, oh, so you're like a rising Libra. And I was like, she's like, yeah, but I would never or Leo. I don't I don't know. But she was like, I don't really picture you as that. And I was like, yeah, I never really have connected with this and that. So if you feel like doing some charity work of helping me figure this out, uh, let me know because I wish I was more interested in astrology one of my friends said yeah I mean like if the tides are affected by the moon and we're 80 percent water or however many percent why would it not affect us as well and I was like damn bitch that is an, a very compelling case for caring about astrology um so anyways to kind of wrap this up listen to your intuition uh The next time you are at a restaurant and the quiet busboy, you're trying to communicate something to the quiet busboy, maybe be more patient. Maybe treat them more like you are completely equal citizens of the world. Uh, There is no reason to act superior because of the language that you speak. Um, And switch your needs to cans, your want-tos to like-tos, your shouldas to coulda-woodas. and hey, listen, thank you so much for listening to Since Nobody Asks. I'm Megan Kevin. And you know what I hope? I hope that you have an incredible rest of your week.